Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Tuesday night. It is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, joined by my partner in crime on Tuesday nights, Andrew Baydala. What is going on, man? Tuesday night, Titans episode 8. It's going to be a big one, man. What's going on? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We got uh, we got SummerSlam behind us, man. I know you were at Monday Night Raw last night. And uh, how you feeling? I'm good. I'm a little tired from the weekend. Yeah. A little tired from Monday night. But I will say this. It's always good to be right here, right now, right live on Tuesday night. Yeah, man. What was your biggest takeaway this weekend, man? What was your favorite part? Being, being there on Monday. I know Monday was a great show, man. You picked a great night to go. I don't know what was in the air on Monday night. Uh, it didn't smell like Vince McMahon. But uh, what, what, what was your favorite takeaway from Monday Night Raw being there with uh, you went with the entire family or just your son? I went with my son and a buddy. Okay. Um, and I will say the entire takeaway was is that's the most fans I've seen at the Target Center since I want to say TLC when they had the pay-per-view there. Um, so that was nice to see. It seems like WWE continues to do really big business across the country, and the crowd was hot. They weren't sitting yeah. on their hands. And the flow of the show, I've been to so many Raws, so many SmackDowns, so many pay-per-views, premium live events. 
um, that I've been blessed to go to over the past, you know, 25, 30 years. And the flow of the show was so much better. Yeah. It just didn't, you know, when it got to like 9.15, which is 10.15 hour, you know, East Coast time, I was kind of like, all right, like, you know, because it's three hours, but yeah. it's still the first two hours flew by. So. Yeah, man. So those those records that uh, Fightful and uh, all the other uh, dirt sheets are reporting about WWE breaking records all over the United States in these different cities, highest grossing Raw here, highest grossing Raw there. That wasn't uh, that's not a fabrication. That's legit. I don't think it's a fabrication. I will say that the cost of tickets have gone up. Yeah. Um, the cost to rent out buildings have gone significantly down. So I think that there's there's a lot of truth to what's happening. Yes. Okay. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot lined up tonight. We're going to talk SummerSlam. We got major news coming out of SummerSlam. Fan reaction to what happened with Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso. Roman Reigns being injured. We'll talk about the bloodline. We'll talk about that great Monday Night Raw last night. Hopefully they can keep that up going into next week. Triple H basically set up payback in one show. And I'll leave the floor to Mr. Andrew Baydali here. Bro, you started off. What do you want to start off with? We got a lot to get into. I'm excited to talk about this week, man, because it was a big one. Well, I think what we need to start off with, which is the biggest trending topic right now in the pro wrestling slash sports entertainment world, there's two of them. Uh, It's the bloodline saga, right? Where do we go from here? Does this end with them all back together? Uh, You know, the ending of SummerSlam kind of left a lot of people creatively angry. Uh, Jimmy turning on Jay. I mean, we all kind of saw it coming. I wasn't upset with it. Were you? I know you did a SummerSlam post show, but is this all leading? to the bloodline eventually getting back together and this holding this storyline holding off until maybe WrestleMania 40 where Jimmy versus Jay. Uh, I know that's what they want. Uh, I didn't know that before I actually did my post show on Saturday. A lot of people were like, they both sat down with Ariel Hawani and Jay said, that's one of their biggest goals remaining in their careers to wrestle each other at WrestleMania. Now I didn't know that. So clearly we got what we got on Saturday night. You and I predicted it on Saturday afternoon that Jimmy, the only likely outcome was Jimmy returning and kind of turning on Jay. So just simply based off the fact that WWE gave us Solo Sokoa and Jay Uso on Friday night, right before SummerSlam, it was like, okay, they gave us that. And that was what everybody was kind of discussing in the community about possibly being the main event for payback because Roman more than likely wasn't going to be at payback. So that went out the window, and Jimmy was the only option left. So where do we go from here? I don't think we're getting a bloodline, man. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't think Jimmy is back for Roman. I don't think Jimmy is back to acknowledge Roman. I think what we saw at SummerSlam is Solo get frustrated, and that's been a couple weeks now, a few weeks now that Solo's been frustrated with Roman. And I do feel like Jimmy is back for Jimmy. I do feel like there were clues thrown along the way. I seen a clip today on social media that Jimmy, right before, I think it was the second match with Sammy and KO, uh, he blurted out, you know, they, you know, he's been the tribal chief since day one, Us. So, I, I mean, I think all of them want to be the tribal chief. I think all of them really want to be the head of the table. And I think that's where, where they're all going. We'll get Jimmy versus Jay at payback. And then I do, do think when Roman gets back, I do think that we'll get a fatal four-way at Survivor Series with all four of them in the ring battling Roman for the true head of the table. I do think Rikishi's going to get involved with the brother versus brother angle. I, I think that would be great. I think uh, the family is going to start to get involved slowly but surely. But that's where I think. I don't think Jimmy is back for Roman, bro. I think Jimmy's back for Jimmy, and I think they all want a piece of that uh, head of the table. 
Yeah, I, I think those are valid points. My biggest thing here is that a lot of people were complaining all over the internet and everywhere else that, you know, this has been drug out and we don't need this and everything else like that. We don't know who's with Jimmy, who's with Jay. We don't know who's with Roman. We don't know if Jimmy's with Roman. We don't know if who's really solo with anymore. There's so many different angles and avenues WWE and the bloodline can take this. Yeah. And ultimately, it could end up with them all getting back together and reigning supreme and then maybe an eventual breakup at WrestleMania 40. Who knows? I don't know. But I will tell you that although SummerSlam's ending was predictable, it still left a lot of questions to be answered. And we all knew Roman wasn't losing that championship. I'm no. sorry. Everybody who thought that and they thought that Jimmy was the guy or Jay was the guy or Solo's the guy, none of them are the guy. They're not the guy yet. And that's okay. We'll have to figure out where they decide to go with that. And whoever pins Roman will be that guy. So why why were they upset then? They, they, they were basically upset from my vantage point. They were upset because they wanted Roman to lose the championship and they're tired of Roman being the champion. That's the only reason why they wanted it to end. Well, I can tell you this right now that, you know, Roman's an attraction and WWE is not going to take that championship belt title off of Roman until they deem it appropriate and necessary. And it's not the time. I mean, realistically, if the rock, which it seems, which we're going to talk about next, I always want to throw something that I didn't put in the notes. So that means you can have a conversation where we weren't, you know, uh, we pre-read or anything yeah. else like that. It seems like the rock is going to be involved in WrestleMania 40 in some way, shape or form. Now, will he wrestle? Who the hell knows? But, that would signal to me that if it's Rock and Roman at Mania, because that's the only logical match you could have if the Rock is going to wrestle, that Roman might be dropping that World Heavyweight Undisputed Championship before WrestleMania, because that that match with him and Rock does not need to have a title attached to it. No, and, and that actually scares me, because if we've been building Cody up for this point, and now they want to include The Rock, and The Rock wants to be back because there's no Hollywood, and there's nothing for him to do there with the actors' uh, strike... And the Hollywood strike. Now, WWE may be thinking that Rock and Roman is a bigger match than Cody and Roman. And I don't want to do that to Cody because we've been building him up, building him up, building him up, only for him to have this looming shadow of the Rock now just kind of step in his way and block him from achieving what he really should be doing at WrestleMania. Is that a yeah, possibility? I, I mean, that's obviously a possibility now. It's going to scare everybody. Well, no, I think that the Rock, listen, I know he's probably a lot of people's you know favorite you know, wrestler back in the day, and maybe he's a, a he's your favorite actor. I don't know. I will say that The Rock is going to do his best for The Rock. He's done that his whole life, his whole career, and his whole business career. If it makes sense, he'll do it. And if he gets to put over his cousin, I think he will. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think the championship is going to be attached to that. And I do fear that if the Rumble is not in a, which it will be, a big location, stadium, football, baseball, whatever, um, that Cody might not win that world championship at WrestleMania 40. And it needs to be against Roman. It does. Yes. If Cody wins the championship at the Royal Rumble against Roman because of rock interfering or something like that, so be it. I don't care. Does that, it, does, uh, before you continue, does that diminish the story though? I mean, I mean, the, does the location matter to the overall Cody finishing the story? Because I know WrestleMania is like the greatest mm -hmm. background, the picture perfect pa background for Cody Rhodes. If it happens at the Rumble, does it take away from that moment a little bit? I mean, listen, I think, for me, this is me talking, yeah. me booking. I would have liked to have The Rock and Roman face off at Hollywood last year. Yeah. Or this past year, this past WrestleMania. I think it's too little too late now because I think everybody wants Rock and Cody, or excuse me, Roman and Cody. Yeah. Now, they can do that at the Royal Rumble because that'll sell a boatload of tickets. How we get there, I don't know. I'd like to see it, but Cody is a Raw star. And does it diminish 
No, if it happens at the Rumble, so be it. I mean, if it happened at SummerSlam, would have it diminished it? No, it wouldn't have. If Cody took on Roman at this year's SummerSlam, I thought that was the way to go too, and they didn't. Yeah. So if they do end up doing Rock and Roman, which it seems like that's the match, and it seems like the Rock, I mean, the Rock just doesn't talk out of his ass. It seems like he is going to be involved in WrestleMania 40, and it was interesting that he had to drop that sort of news, that interview during SummerSlam weekend for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know, man. Yeah, I honestly think that ship has sailed with the rock i mean he is the perfect conclusion to the overall bloodline story because that would be you know truly a a clash of who the real head of the table is that's what it really boils down to that's what everybody thought it was leading to for a few years now then enters cody and cody is being built up as this guy and i know cody you know the world championship everybody's going to make a big deal that he should have won at wrestlemania this year and you could certainly make a a factor for that and a statement for that you know, and, and people even got me on board with maybe they should have pulled the trigger and just took the belt off of him because the way that I look at it, everything that's happened so far with Roman following WrestleMania, he could have done all that without the championship. And we, we could have had Cody leading the WWE with, with the Universal Heavyweight Championship, and Roman could have could have did all this with Jimmy and Jay and Solo, and then you want to talk about The Rock. He could have did all this without the championship. Now, now WWE's dragging this out because they want to break records and they want to set records with Roman and they want Roman to be the, the guy. They want to build the entire fucking past, present, and future around Roman. And, and they're jeopardizing not only the bloodline story. Now they, now they got Cody involved and, and they're jeopardizing kind of making this not make the ultimate sense. Well, I, that's where I disagree. I, I think the right call is to not put the universal heavyweight champion, undisputed universal heavyweight championship on Cody at WrestleMania because Cody had just come back. I know everybody was hot for it. I know people wanted to see it. And I know at, at that time, you know, wrestling is wrestling and, you know, give the fans what they want. But I think what WWE has done is made us want it more. Now, I know some people have like, well, I'm over it. I don't care anymore. And that's going to happen. It would have, if Roman you know, lost the championship at WrestleMania, Cody would have went through, you know, such and such of opponents. And then ultimately we would want to see Cody versus Roman again. And I don't know if you could beat Roman twice. I really don't without kind of diminishing his value. Yeah. I know Cody's that guy, but I like how Cody Rand had to run through Brock. I think it's interesting that we don't have Cody's next opponent. I think that's smart. And I also like how they are keeping Cody away from the world heavyweight championship, which we'll get into in a little bit, but no, I mean, again, for me, the Rock Roman match, it'll be cool, but that ship sailed. I wanted to see it last year. So. With, with with the whole Jimmy and Jay Uso thing, I mean, how how do you how do you book this now? I, I think that we're leading towards a fatal sure. four-way with the bloodline. Jimmy Jay payback. I'm assuming that's going to be the case there because it only makes sense that Jimmy cost Jay the title. He wants payback again against his brother. Then we get this wrestle votes tweet that went out literally an hour ago, saying that people, some certain people in WWE, want to drag this out to WrestleMania 40 and have Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania. That would be 35 weeks, Drew. I don't know if people have the patience for another 35 weeks, but if you look at it on the flip side, Roman's going to WrestleMania anyways, the world champion, so why not have Jimmy and Jay Uso tag along for the for the next 35 weeks? Is it that out of uh, a realm of possibility for them to do that? No, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't trust Paul Heyman and the people that are running this storyline because... I mean, if there's one thing that we shouldn't do, it's doubt Paul Heyman. I don't necessarily agree that we're in the bottom of the third because Roman said that at WrestleMania that they were in the bottom of the third. I mean, how, how, how didn't they get out of a fucking inning? I don't really understand that. But I, I don't really want to see this go with Jimmy and Jay to WrestleMania. Uh, Roman, I understand. But the brothers, bro, I, I don't know if I can handle the 35 weeks of that. 
Well, I'll say this. I think Roman will get to the Royal Rumble yeah. as your undisputed universal heavyweight champion. I don't know if he gets to Mania. I, 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 it would seem that's where we're headed. And I think that it's easy to sit here. I could book this really quick. It's very simple, in my opinion. I don't know if you have the match at Payback. I really don't. I think maybe you have, you know, Jimmy versus Jay versus Solo. I, the singles match, I think, needs to be saved. I don't, I, I'll say I don't know how we get to Fastlane without Roman being involved. So we're going to, I'm going to have to, you know, pause on that. And then it's survivor series. You have team Jimmy versus team J in a war games match. Um, and then, you know, you have to go through some other months. Uh, it, again, if it's, if I trust anybody, it's Heyman, Roman Reigns, Michael Hayes to get us to where we need to get to with Jimmy and Jake kind of, you know, rebuilding or rekindling that feud up until WrestleMania 40, 35 weeks is a long time, especially if none of them are taking some time off besides Roman. So yeah. It's it, they got their work cut out for them, and we don't know. I know it's their goal, brother versus brother, but maybe it doesn't happen. You know, I mean, everyone's got goals. I'm sure Cody wanted to win the world championship at WrestleMania. It yeah. happened. So yeah, I, I do, I do, I, I do feel like all of this is leading to Roman. The, the whole, the whole picture that I painted myself after I had a little downtime to think about what we saw at SummerSlam, I, I do think that Roman is going to actually end up on the island of relevancy, quote unquote, all by himself. Because if you remember. I don't know when it was before WrestleMania, but Cody was in the ring with Roman, and he said directly to Roman that one day, sooner rather than later, you're going to end up on the island of relevancy all by yourself. And Sammy's been saying that, too. When the time comes, Roman is not going to have his island, you know, with his brothers, with his cousins and, and, and Solo and, and Paul Heyman. They're all going to be gone. He's going to be facing, you know, whatever he has to face by himself. I do think that's where we're going. You know, Roman is going to be the one in the end to kill the bloodline. And he's going to have nobody to blame but himself. That's the story. His greed, his, je his jealousy, his, his ego, all of it's going to diminish the bloodline. And then in the end, he's going to lose everything because of himself. Yeah, and it seems as if, you know, I'm looking right now. I think Roman's championship reign right now is currently at 1,072 days. Um, and I, what is Hogan's? Like 1,400? 1,400-something. 1,400 1,400-something. 1,450? Okay, so we're looking at, you know, over another 300 days, which yeah. I don't think we get to, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't. That's that's over a year from now. So we're talking about SummerSlam next year? Yeah. No. I don't know. Um, again, I think this reign has been, no pun intended, fantastic. They've kept us interested for three years, truthfully. And I think if it comes to an end at the Royal Rumble and not WrestleMania, and it is to Cody, and then Cody maybe takes on somebody else at WrestleMania, Roman and The Rock, I think you're you're okay there. Jimmy versus Jay. Roman versus The Rock, who knows? I, again, you never know. They could have the Royal Rumble where the bloodline is completely demolished and both Jimmy, Jay, and Solo are all in the Rumble gunning for Roman. So Yeah, it's easy It's easy to get a WrestleMania opponent for Cody. Yeah. It doesn't. Ha if, if that actually ends up the way that you, you said and we get Cody taking the title at the Rumble, theoretically, if you want to think about it, I mean, you could do Randy Orton versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. That's just as big of a WrestleMania match than, than Cody and Roman. I mean, I, I, would, I would take that in a heartbeat. I think there's two options. Well, three options if you want to throw Randy Orton for Cody's next feud right now. Because like I said, which we'll get into, what happened at SummerSlam, Cody's next opponent needs to matter a ton. It needs yes. to mean something. It has to have some significance. Because if it doesn't, the Dominic Mysterio shit needs to end right here, yeah, right now. Love Dom, but we're not going back to Cody and Dom. If I'm booking, no way. You can't do it. We've done it. It's it's. But I'm not trying to be like, ridiculous here but it's not it, cody beating brock and then going back to dom for a month or two months it just makes no sense logically 
Cody just overcame a huge obstacle. So Cody's got three possible opponents. One of them is Randy Orton. The other is a heel Drew McIntyre. And the other one, I, truly, I know it's going to sound crazy to some people, Sami Zayn. Because Sami Zayn was literally quite possibly standing in Cody's way at WrestleMania 39 before they had that whole bloodline versus KO and Sammy because Sammy was getting hell of great reactions. He is over like Rover. And that's just for me. I I think those are the only three guys you could put Bray, but we don't know where the hell Bray is. So I thought you were going to say Gunther. I think Gunther is, is, is world championship material. And I think that that's probably, I think the match at 40, which we've discussed is Seth and Gunther. I think that's where they should go. If Seth holds on to that championship, truthfully, that's where I would go. Cody and Gunther wouldn't bother me at all. seems like Gunther's going to be a program with Chad Gable for at least two months. I'll have to see what happens there, but you know, and Sammy's not injured guys. That's a bursa sack. Just so oh. you guys know, oh, I, I, John Cena had it. Well, I thought it looked it looked much more terrible than uh, people were uh, were making out on social media. So I don't yeah. I don't know. But but going back to your uh, your uh, Cody analysis there, Drew, I I I get that. You know, we both said it. It needs to be on the same level as Brock. I mean, whoever whoever he feuds with, it needs to be a mega important feud to take him into the next portion of WWE schedule. Whoever that is, I don't know. We talked about Randy Orton. We talked about Bray Wyatt. We talked about a heel Drew McIntyre. All those are solid names. But if none of those names come forward, what about him and Seth kind of joining forces for the time being in some sort of mega powers to vanquish the Judgment Day while they drive Judgment Day away from the top spot on Monday Night Raw and are part of the reason why Damian Priest and Finn Balor kind of dissolve the Judgment Day? I mean, they could join forces and really rid the poison of Monday Night Raw. They should really be joining forces to get rid of the most powerful group on Monday Night Raw for the greater good, no? Well, then I think KO and Sammy need to drop those tag titles to Priest and Dom or Priest and Finn, and then you could have that eventual split where maybe you have Cody and Seth winning the tag titles. That's fine by me. That yeah. gives Seth, that gives Cody some significantly good programming and feuds for the next two months, and then we head to Survivor Series and we go from there. Again, don't hate it. The only problem here is that that briefcase, which I think J.D. McDonough said very well, it's looming large here in Judgment Day. And I thought for a second that maybe Priest was going to cash in last night. And, you know, maybe we had that. They like to kick, you know, SummerSlam. They like to do things with a bang, the Raw after SummerSlam SmackDown. So I thought that was a possibility. But I think it's interesting that J.D. McDonough is talking about that briefcase looming large because it is. And it's, you know, that's something that I think the Judgment Day needs to get out of the way before we even start talking about Cody and Seth taking on. Um, you know, the judgment day for, you know, tag titles or anything else like that, truthfully. Th- that that handshake with Brock Lesnar, do you believe that it was unplanned? No, fuck no. <laughs> no way. That's the dumb that was that, the dumbest thing circulating on the IWC I don't know. I don't know who reported that. I don't want to throw names out there, but uh, I mean that man, that reeks of a Vince McMahon fucking thing if I ever seen one. And I don't I don't want to say that to, you know, uh piss people off. Oh, JD's talking about McMahon again. But I mean, bro, it's typical Vince McMahon blue collar baby face one-on-one. If it was unplanned, bro, Cody didn't know about it, but absolutely Vince told Brock to go out there and do that. Yeah. Listen, I think Brock was going to do that at the end of the match. It's basically Brock saying, Hey, you know, you know, he, I mean, Cody said that he, that his mom said he acknowledged him, which was interesting. I was yes. like, Oh, here we go with the Roman stuff. So they gave you a little bit of a tease there too. You know, no one talks about long-term booking in WWE. There's another tease. I think Brock and that uh, Cody Rhodes spot was planned. Brock is headed away for a while, which is good. The man worked his balls off from WrestleMania, you know, 39 all the way through SummerSlam uh, in terms of, like, appearances and pay-per-views and premium live events, whatever we're calling them. So good for him. Let him come back at the Rumble, and we'll see what happens. So for me, 
Uh, it was planned and it was the right thing to do. It gave Cody that little extra spice that he needed, that little extra tip yeah. that he needed. So, so, so it worked. He vanquished the gatekeeper. Brock is the gatekeeper. He got the endorsement from, you know, the fucking final boss in WWE. And now he's on his way. That's all that was. That's all that signified. Well, you got to go through. He lost to Roman. Yeah. Right. He being Cody. So you have to go through some other major main event players to get back to that mountaintop. Brock is one of them. And Brock is somebody who Cody wanted to work with. He is one of his, um, uh, I don't want to say idols, but he's somebody that he really, really like, uh, like mentor. Like it's just somebody that he really enjoys and somebody who he looks up to. So I think that that was a program that Cody really wanted to sink his teeth into and really wanted to happen. And uh, my notes on that match, Brock sold his balls off. They listen, they told a fantastic Cody and Brock told a fantastic story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I said the same thing, man. You know, a lot of people didn't like the match because it was just over the top baby face. But Cody Rhodes, you know, it, a lot of people are saying Cody Rhodes is being built up into John Cena 2.0. I could see it. I could see why that would upset people. But at the same time, I'm like you. I'm looking at Brock and looking at him working on Saturday night. And I'm like, Brock is really into this. And when Brock is really into it, you know for a fact he's going to fucking get this guy over. You don't see that from Brock a lot. A lot of people think Brock is lazy, but when he goes in there, and we said this last week, bro, when he goes in there and wants to work, he's going to fucking work his ass off if he likes you. Right, and again, I think Brock came out and really showed the world why he is uh, one of the best elite performers out there. Uh, Cody also. I mean, Cody, listen, Brock Lesnar could have, and he did at times, throw Cody around like a rag. Yeah. And Cody sat there and took all of that beating. And yeah, it's Babyface 101, but it's a great, story it really is it was a great match and brock lesnar is not known for being bret hart kurt angle taker triple h Shawn michaels-esque with his ring generalness Mm -hmm. but i will tell you right then and there that's like the fourth or fifth time brock has had a picture perfect match you need to have an opponent with somebody else and that somebody else was cody rhodes you know what else i liked about that the fact that everybody including us uh, me me definitely because i talked about it for weeks saying that this match needed a stipulation. It needed to stand on its own. It needed to be different from the other two. Bro, they made us look wrong because they went out there thinking that we we needed to see a stipulation for that match, and they worked a match, and at the end of that, it didn't need a stipulation at all. That's how good they were. No, what we were talking about, there were two things we were talking about. One was unfortunate, Brock Shorts. And the other one was the handshake. (laughs) So, I mean, think about that. I mean, and listen, Brock Lesnar looks like a cartoon character. He looks like an animal. He's the beast, and he looked like it. And I think him and Cody put on a hell of a show in Detroit. Brock did great business, and so did Cody. Uh, so I'll flip it to you here. Are you upset, concerned that Brock's not going to be back until Mania, or you no. think it's probably what's best? No, it's probably what's best. I mean, who else is left for him to get in the ring with and really build intrigue from the fans? I mean, there really isn't anybody, honestly, on my radar about Gunther. And, and I and mentioned, that, and I, that might happen at forty instead of Gunther, you know, taking on Seth. Possibly. That matches- Possibly, yeah. I don't want to. I don't. I would not want to rush Gunther to world championship. I mean, I want it to be the right time, the right place. I want somebody who whoever's going to beat Seth. Uh, I feel like it's got to be somebody very, very credible. Whether that's Cody or somebody else on Raw, whether it's Gunther, I don't know. But I wouldn't mind seeing that at WrestleMania because I don't know how many years Brock has left in him, and we need to get those types of matches out before he does leave. The other one that I mentioned, it's funny that you mentioned this because I did a video on it earlier. Gunther was one. And possibly, if you want to build somebody up and put somebody on the map quickly, how about a Braun Breaker? Could you know? I mean, there really isn't any. There really isn't anybody else. the the wild The wild card here, you know, it might be out of the realm of possibility because of his age, but he's still doing some great work. Is Edge 
I think that would be a fantastic WrestleMania match. And I don't know what Adam Copeland wants before he goes away himself. All right, let's stop there for a second. Okay, because I think Brock will have his retirement match at WrestleMania if he wants to retire. Yeah. At WrestleMania 41 right here in Minneapolis, yeah. Minnesota. But if he wants to retire, again, something that's not on the notes here, but I do want to touch on it. Adam Copeland Edge seems to be winding down his WWE career, his WWE contract since his return. I want you to give me one opponent that he, it doesn't, you can have him, whoever it is, to take on Edge, Adam Copeland, in his final match here in WWE, because it doesn't seem like Edge will be back. And part two of that question is if he would come back, would it be a miss? You think Edge just needs to go away? No, no, I don't want Edge to. I, I don't. I don't want foolishly, selfishly. I don't want Edge to go away at all. I wish he'd stay another two, three years. To be quite honest with you, but again, just like Brock, who else is there for him to work with at a high level? I mean, and he never won that championship. And he never won the championship. And I would love to see Edge get a, a nice two, three month run with the championship. I think he's earned it. I think he's deserved it. It was the reason why he came back. You know, so he hasn't really gotten there yet. But if I was to choose one opponent for him to retire against. You know, out of the current crop of guys, I'm going to say one or the other. Either Randy Orton, and we've seen it, mm. or, or John Cena. And I know John Cena looked a little rough around the edges against Austin Theory at, at WrestleMania. But I think if John Cena really wants to get back into ring shape and really get in there and give Edge his final match, to me, John Cena is Edge's greatest rival. Honestly. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, I think, you know... There's a lot of guys that it won't happen, you know, um, punk RVD, not going to happen, yeah. but I listen, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's edge, uh, Cena edge Mysterio, which we kind of already saw already yep. or edge and Orton. So I'm with you. I mean, edge and angle isn't happening, you know, and not I mean, edge and Christian isn't happening. So, you know, why not? I, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Um, you know, another one of his great feuds was taker, not going to happen. So yeah, they're all know, gone. I just, yeah, I just think that that's where it needs to to be. And I would love, I would love to see Edge and Seth Rollins in a little bit of a program. I know he's on SmackDown like that draft matters anymore, but uh, I would like to see that. I would, I would like to see Edge win a world championship on his way out. Maybe, you know, give him another year, give him a year contract and see what you can get out of him. I know this run hasn't been the greatest, especially with the pandemic and everything else like that, but I've enjoyed Edge. I really if, if Edge retires, is he retired or is he going to go join Christian Cage for one more year in AEW? Man, see, that's the big question here because it seems like like Edge is really laying low. Yeah. Like, really laying low. And it's it's strange because if you're winding down, I know he wrestled at the Garden, so he's, like, checking off his bucket list, right? But he's got, I don't know, I think the contract is up, I, I supposedly according to him. I don't know that. In, like, the next, you know, 20 to 30 days, it's kind, it's kind of winding down, and he's nowhere to be found. Like, you would thought maybe he would show up on I was surprised. He, I was surprised he wasn't even booked for anything at SummerSlam. That's right. odd. That's rather odd to me. Well, and that's, you know, sometimes the writing's on the wall with that. Maybe they're yeah. trying to get Edge to sign a new two-year deal, and he's just like, eh. And then he does pop over to AEW, and maybe he does work with Christian. I don't know. That's a really good question. Um I've kind of said for the past, you know, six to nine months, I think it's very, it's highly, it's highly possible. It really yeah. is the way things were going with WWE and his last run. I don't know. I don't, I, you know. Yeah, I do. I, I always felt like he wanted to be with Christian in his final year and WWE didn't want anything to do with Christian. And I think Christian's doing some fantastic work over on AEW television. So I could see that being a, a, a possibility for sure. Yeah. Um, Someone but, who's a hundred percent finished JD is Ronda Rousey. And it seems like you don't say, oh, well, right. great. 
Well, she took to Instagram and, and Twitter and said that, you know, now that it, you know, you're know you with the master chain of Baszler, I have nothing left. And I think we kind of saw this coming. And for one, I I appreciate what Ronda brought to WWE. Um, and I, But I, at this point in time, I think it's best that she maybe tries to go fight UFC a couple more times for her daughter or whatever, you know, whoever she wants to fight for. But I think her WWE run is done. Yeah, the, the, the second run has has been... I said this earlier. It's been a disaster. You know, the first run, the rookie year, I I praised her. WWE was all in on the women's revolution. Ronda led the women's revolution. Women were main eventing. They were on equal level to the men. They were producing probably better. Some some of the nights, they were producing better matches than the men uh, on Monday and on the premium live events. And then she goes away for a little bit. The women's division kind of flounders with Becky as champion. WWE does nothing to really add any interest there after Ronda goes away. Ronda comes back, and she never really recaptured that magic, bro. Well, what was what was the reason, in your honest opinion, that Ronda Ree never captured the magic? Do you think WWE creative got her off on the wrong foot? Because I know there was a back and forth where she came in as a heel, and then they switched her quickly to a baby face, and then they didn't know what role she needed to play and I think at that point when Ronda came in, the division was just kind of set the way WWE typically wants their women's division. And no matter what Ronda did, it was not going to change anything. So what was the reason there? Yeah, I think Ronda's, you know, when she first came in, had a lot of buzz that WWE desperately needed. And the feuds that she had, you know, 34 with Triple H and Stephanie and then 35, 30, you know, all that stuff. I think she really helped the women's division in terms of fresh opponent, um, you know, polarization all yeah. that stuff but when she came back i think it was the rumble right when she came back and won the rumble um i don't know i just felt like some of her comments you know the wrestling fans are uh you know uh, um uh, an exclusive bunch in this you know day and age and and in this retrospect where if you kind of shit on them and really call them like nerds and all this other stuff and she has no respect for them they kind of just gave up on her and didn't yeah. care anymore. And I think her heel turn was smart, but they really didn't do that out of the gate. And it's like they really didn't have their finger on the pulse. And truthfully, I just think they wanted WWE wanted her to you know fulfill her obligations and go her own way. I think as time went on, maybe I'm just reading between the lines. They viewed her as kind of like a pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah, I could see her wanting something and then uh, really complaining until she got her way, but. She did aid the division. She did. She wanted Becky, and they wouldn't give her to her at she, WrestleMania. She she helped the division. You know, uh, I do feel like uh, we should have gotten that one-on-one -on -one match. Uh, I've talked about that four years ago uh, as to why that did not happen. I gave my opinion there. There's no reason to go back and revisit that. It's not going to happen. It's dead in the water. Um, I do feel that with her being back, it really didn't make the division better. I do think that she made a lot of it worse. And I, I had high hopes, and we said this on Saturday afternoon when we did the, the preview. I had high hopes for this match at SummerSlam, and I know you watched it. How did you feel about that match? Because I don't think it did either woman any favor, and I don't think it set up Shayna Baszler to be positioned the way that we need. Now, she did come out, and, and she got a 10-minute match against Zoe Stark on Monday, which I was pleasantly surprised by. Uh, if, if this was two weeks ago, it probably would have went 90 seconds. But we got a 10-minute match. Shayna Baszler confronted uh, Becky Lynch, so it looks like we may be getting a revisit of that feud. Uh, we talked about Rhea Ripley potentially going one-on-one -on -one with Shayna Baszler as a potential opponent. So it looks like Shayna may be set up for some sort of role, but that match at SummerSlam, bro, was fucking terrible. I'm sorry. I think they, yeah. did, uh, they, they, they did no favors by not putting it in the fight pit, bro. I think it needed that stipulation. And from what I was told from my fans 
on Saturday night when I went live, a lot of people got up and went to the concessions, and a lot of people were dead silent. Man, you could hear a fucking pin drop in that arena. Yeah, I'll say two things. The uh, Shayna match against um, Zoe Stark kind of, uh, same thing. It was quiet yeah. at the Target Center, um, and I thought that match just missed. Yeah, I thought Becky with the lemonade stole the show, um, and I think it really took away from what was trying to you know, happen in the ring because I think everyone was really focused on Becky kind of, you know, um, taking another shot at Triple H. I think they're having fun with each other. I don't think it's anything serious, that being Becky and Triple H with the lemons and the lemonade. But, um, yeah, the match at SummerSlam was not what I expected. I think they tried too hard, truthfully. Um, and I think, like you said, when it's in a, a squared circle and not an octagon and it's yeah. MMA rules, it just, it fell, it fell flat. And we should have had, like, rounds... Yeah, you could have really done something special where you didn't need to put them in front of that live crowd in Detroit. You could. I know the cinematic matches are kind of dead now because we're not, you know, at a performance center and the pandemic is is you know past us. But I think that's one you could have done and it would have worked. Put it at a, a theater and sell, you know, yeah. five hundred tickets. You yeah, would have I, sold. Yeah, I, I did say that on Saturday. Nobody wants to watch WWE programming and watch an MMA fight. If they if they want to watch MMA, they'll go watch UFC or Bellator. Right. Uh, exactly. I, I, th I, th I think they did uh, both ladies a, a huge disservice there. I mean, they should have just built it in a in a WWE universe type type of deal, a submission match, an ODQ match, fight pit would have been perfect. Uh, it would have fit the WWE element, but I mean, how long did they get, bro? What did they get? Like five minutes, six minutes? I mean, it was barely anything to even reach into the next gear and and, and kind of get the crowd into it. They they were given no time to even begin with. All right, and the thing here for me was I think what they needed to do, truthfully, I know the submission works, but for me, I would have had Shayna knock Ronda out. If Ronda's done, I know the submission, like, oh, she tapped. That's yeah. that, You know, a lot of MMA fans would be like, Drew, that's worse. For me, no, not really. You got seven minutes and 30 seconds, and a submission, I'd have Shayna knock her out. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, Shayna did uh, leave with a, a nice shiner on her left eye. I but, saw uh, that. I mean, that's uh, that's something that uh, I guess lends to the credibility of what they were doing in there, but it did uh, nothing absolutely for either woman. Uh, Do you want to touch on Sonia Deville here? Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go. Uh, speaking of uh, the ladies, Sonia Deville, one half of the women's tag team champions, torn ACL will be out the rest of the year, and the women's tag team titles, I, I thought we were going to get something uh, as far as some update on them last night. We did not. As far as I'm concerned, Chelsea Green is still holding both championships, but, bro, those titles are cursed, and I said this last night. Uh, I, it's basically the universe, the world. Mother Nature is telling WWE, hey, enough is enough, man. Let's get rid of them. Let's try something else. Let's go down a different path here. I said, get rid of those, burn them, and let's try for a singles title in the women's division, bro. How about something that's very reminiscent of an intercontinental title or a secondary title? For the ladies, so we don't have to sit there and piece tag teams together that aren't really tag teams and put these ladies out there in three-minute matches that don't get over and are heavily criticized on social media. I mean, it's a waste of everybody's time. What are they waiting for? Yeah, um, I've you know been calling for the women's tag team champions chips to be uh, removed for I don't know over a year now. Yeah. I think you're going to get an update soon on those tag team championships, so just stay tuned. WWE socials, uh, maybe Friday Night SmackDown. You'll have that as well, if not tomorrow. But for me, um, and I say that, again, for me, I would get rid of the tag team championships and just have a secondary women's title that's yeah. allowed to compete on both brands. Yeah. That's Easy. It's a simple solution. Get something like the IC title. Have it float between yeah. both shows. It's To me, it would build 
uh, a competitive division more so than the tag team titles. You could get the ladies like Natalia in there, Tegan Knox, and use all these ladies that you're not using. Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Piper Niven, Nikki Cross. I mean, there's so many talented women there. You know, they don't make sense in a tag team world. They do in a singles world. So I think that's the best yeah. way to go about it. And the thing is, is that, like you said, the, you know, it's different than the men's tag team division. Okay. The women's singles division at times was bigger, better, and better than the men's singles division. Okay. Yeah. So we could just stop with the whole, oh, it's men, you know, because it's a woman. No, I, the women's tag team division is just a bunch of single stars yes. pushed into tag teams and it sucks. There's no chemistry. It's, a, I like Chelsea Green and Sonya. That was actually working for me and now it's gone. So, you know, um, I would just get rid of them. And I saw a couple comments in here. Um, Ronda Rousey can't fight at 39 years old. Of course she can. She who can. said she wants to, she wants to go fight? Who, I don't know. I don't who know. cares about her age? Well, I'm just saying she wants to go fight UFC. She'll fight at 45. If the money's right, and you got to remember, Ronda's an elite athlete, so she can get her body right in six to 12 months. The one thing she's going to have to do, which I don't think will be a problem, is enter the, the, yeah, the USADA pool. Yeah. And when she does that, Watch out, because that means she's coming back. McGregor hasn't entered that because we'll leave Feel it at like that. like a fucking house. <laughs> right, maybe McGregor's doing some things he doesn't want people knowing about. As soon as McGregor enters the USADA you know, pool, then then we got, a, we got a different story here, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, yeah, uh, I think Ronda will fight UFC. That merger happens probably late September, yeah. early October. Oh, man, that's going to be an interesting so, time, man. I can't wait to see uh, how quick Vince McMahon recovers from his spinal surgery, man. Well, can't, can't wait. again... You know, Triple H kind of touched on that, but I, I, I mean, we've said this a million times, and you're going to beat a dead horse. Vince McMahon will always have something to say or do in WWE until he is no longer alive. Yeah, that's just how it is. Uh, um, uh, yeah, what yeah. about uh, what about the two other ladies, man? Kyrie Sane and Nia Jax. They made uh, news and headlines this week. Uh, I would like to see one of those women return, and that's not Nia. Oh, I wonder Jax. who that is. <laughs> listen, listen, man. I'll give I'll give Nia Jax credit, man. She lost a lot of weight. She looks great. She looks great. She's getting herself right. I'll never, I'll never take away from anybody because I'm in the gym three days a week. It's fucking tough, man. It's getting harder uh, for her to go out there and, and get the healthiest she's ever been. Man, I commend that. That's a tough thing to do. It's, uh, it takes a lot of dedication. Do I want to see her back in the ring because of that? No, I don't. I don't think she she brings anything positive to the women's division. Kyrie Sane, on the other hand, I'd love to see back. I think she's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. But I'm not really clamoring to see Kyrie Sane back in the WWE when. WWE didn't really treat her right the first time around. She had some success, but I don't really think it's going to change much if she does come back. Uh, I think that both these women would be better served in AEW. Yes. Who desperately needs more star power. Well, and more Kyrie and AEW, I think Nia Jax would benefit from Impact, bro. That's, that's what I, I said think, earlier. I think Nia Jax going over to AEW and just being, you know, dominant force, there's some feuds she could have. You know, I, listen, I understand people are going to sit back and be like, well, she's not a typical AEW wrestler because she doesn't, you know, have bell-to-bell five-star match. <laughs> Who cares? It's professional <laughs> wrestling. And sometimes you need a big, bad bastard or bitch to go in there and, you know, throw people around. Look at Bronson Reed. Is Bronson Reed your typical WWE superstar? No, he's not. But he's also, you know, he's built big. Like, yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he's got that going for him. I, For me, I would love to see Nia in AEW, but I think Nia's family ties will probably always keep her close to WWE. So, you know, good on her, good on Kyrie, if that's where they're headed. Again, for me, I'll have to wait and see. I don't, again, I'd like to see both of them, excuse me, in AEW. I just... I don't know. 
Yeah, um, Ky- Kyrie would be great in AEW. But listen, man, Meltzer said that Kyrie's not going to be back until November. I'm like, why are we waiting till November? What's happening in November? If that's the case, just hold her off until the new year and just debut her back at the Royal Rumble. I mean, what is she going to be? She's not going to make any immediate impact. Man, she comes I back. Mean, yeah, I don't. Again, you know, I it, I don't know what she does. Truth, I don't know what Me either neither. of them do. No. I, I really don't. You know, we're just getting into the Io Shirai era here. How long that lasts? Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't know, but. I don't know. Um, speaking of somebody who supposedly made his WWE debut, not as a wrestler, but as a producer, Nick Aldis, finally with WWE, it seems. Although none of the reporting of you know who produced the matches has him on them. So maybe he's just shadowing. I, I think Sean Rossap put that out there. I think Nick Aldis is best served in the ring, but his mind obviously is something that you know is irreplaceable. So to have him in WWE doing that or in the ring is a win-win. Um, but I think Nick Dallas still has a lot of gas left in the tanks. So I'd love to see him wrestle for WWE. Why, why, why would they bring someone like that in and put him in that position, knowing that he's younger than Cody Rhodes? Well, again, you know, I that I don't know. I think maybe, you know, Nick just wants to, and I can't speak for him, but maybe Nick views this as a foot in the door, and we'll have to see what happens. I mean, Nick is my age. So. Yeah. I mean, they probably, pay, listen, if they're paying him a decent amount of money to uh, stay healthy, and still be in the business, I guess it's a win-win, huh? I don't know. I, I yeah. just don't see. I, I haven't heard him wanting to retire, but maybe he does, and he hasn't said anything. I don't fucking know. I think it's just a ridiculous thing to bring him in and not use him. But he is, listen, if you put him on Raw or SmackDown, where realistically would he fit? I mean, does he even fit the WWE audience? How much of the WWE audience knows him? And, and I, I think I mentioned this, either it was with you or Jesse, you know, he would be perfect on AEW Collision on a Saturday night. He would be Mr. Saturday Night if you want to bring him on and put him on TV. He would be perfect there. No argument there. I would love to see. I think Brian Pillman Jr. is going to be on WWE TV soon, NXT that is. I think Galvis is kind of past the NXT you know, yeah. phase, but he could go there. He'd be a, a, a welcome addition to that roster. Maybe get some eyeballs on that product that aren't there, but I agree with you. Nick Galvis screams AEW. Whether we see him on WWE TV or not is yet to be seen. His gimmick is way too uh, close to what they have with Imperium. Yeah. So, I don't know. You could always add him to it, but then again, he's like second fiddle to Gunther, so I don't know. Let's uh, don't know. Let, let, let's shift gears to Monday Night, man. There was a lot of stories coming out of Monday Night. I thought it was the best Raw all summer. Uh, I thought it was the... Uh, honestly, it was a Raw that was heavily, heavily needed coming out of a pay-per-view like SummerSlam. Uh, it did a lot to progress story. Uh, it was very Triple H-led, and uh, I discussed this uh, in depth on my show last night. And I do say this, and I make it a big deal because the show felt different. A lot of people said the show felt different. It felt, uh, like you said, the flow was different. I'm like, yes, because Vince wasn't you know, getting his grubby hands all in it. Triple H, I feel like it was uh, just a very Triple H-led show. We got J.D. McDonough coming back. We got Indy Hartwell involved. We got Candice LeRae involved. We got... That great opening Fatal 4-Way with Riddle, Gable, Ricochet, you know, and Champa. I mean, that was just a fucking black and gold match through and through for 10 minutes. There was a lot to love about the show last night. And the biggest takeaway that I got is that we got Shinsuke Nakamura in a world championship program with Seth Rollins. That's something that I know Triple H wanted to really get Nakamura involved with when he first brought him back to Monday Night Raw. And Payback, Drew, is basically set up after one night. You could look at Monday Night Raw and get basically 80% of the card for Payback in Pittsburgh already coming out of Monday Night Raw. That is something that Vince would have never done. So I thought Raw was 
a very good show on Monday. Right, and that's the thing. We were all talking about it. I was tweeting about it. Yep. Everybody was kind of on it. Where are we going? It, yeah. It a, a, you know, some really good matches at SummerSlam, some really good stories that concluded, and we need to figure out where we're headed next, and everybody has that maybe besides Cody, and that's fine. Truthfully, that's fine with me. That fatal four-way match, the crowd in Minneapolis was hot for, not just because Gable was in it, because the, the, the spots were insane, the near falls were insane, and the match, just everything going together was absolutely insane, and it was a job well done. Um, so for me, that fatal four-way, and the way that show was just, it flowed, we got answers. That was huge. We got answers on a lot of things, where we're headed, where we're going. Raw was good for me last night. Yeah, I need to see four of those guys, uh, all four of those guys, actually, uh, on TV weekly. I think WWE takes their secondary uh, their secondary title for granted, and, and the competitors and the, the division for the Intercontinental title, I think they take it for granted. All those guys need to be on the show every single yeah. week. I, I mean, those are the workhorses, bro. I want to see those guys wrestle every single week, and you can get weeks of television out of those those types of guys because they're going to give you the 10, 15, 20-minute matches that eat up a good chunk of time, and the fans love that type of shit. They don't want to see it all through the night, but you, you give me a great open with those guys, man. I think it sets the tone for a great show. Majority of the fans dig that, and what that will do is show the younger audience that these guys and or girls, if that happens can work really well. And it's not all about the entertainment and everything else like that. WWE is a, you know, a very good combination of all aspects in entertainment. It's in their name. So, but everything happens within that squared circle. And those four guys killed it. My question to you, um, I could tell you that the ricochet reaction was near dead, which was a little surprising. Really? It was, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, he got an okay reaction, but not what I was expecting coming off that really good match with Logan Paul at SummerSlam. What do you think about Ricochet? I think Chad Gable was the right call. But no, what, do you think of, what do you think about Ricochet and kind of his, like, no man's land right now? I don't know. I didn't really. I mean, you have a better perspective than me because you were there. You, you got a, a firsthand experience. I didn't really, I guess, if I'm being honest with you, I didn't really pay attention to it because I was just so fixated on Gable. Because I've been, I've been preaching Gable for the last couple of weeks. I'm like, Gable's the guy. If you want to talk about who's going to take down Gunther. And he's staying on Monday night. We're not going to dip into the SmackDown side of things. Sheamus would be would be great, but I don't think that's going on. And I don't think they're going to move Sheamus over to Monday Night Raw. I know he's been hinting about it. Let me save the honky-tonk man. Let's save the honky-tonk man's record. That record is good as gone. But if you want one guy to take Gunther down, have the match happen at Payback. Have Gunther win by cheating or, or Imperium interfering. And we get this match going into Fastlane. Gunther breaks the record. And Gable ends the reign. I think that would be great. Out of everybody on Monday Night Raw, I think he's the top guy right now. I'm glad that WWE is pushing him into a singles role. I think it's been something that has been long overdue. There are other guys. I'd like to see Champa do it, but he's he's cold. You know, Champa is great. I mean, he's the greatest NXT champion that there was. He's cold right now. Riddle's There's cold. There's a reason Rick, for Ricoch- that. Ricochet cold. Johnny Gargano would be great, but he's not on TV. So who are we left with? Gable is by default the best choice. I think, you know, with, with Champa, I think the the match was going to be Sammy and KO taking on Champa yeah. and Gargano. We just didn't get it because, you know, KO's Reasons. hurt. Yeah, right. Well, KO's hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's that. Um, the, you know, that match, the KO and Sammy could have also had a feud with the Judgment Day, Dom and Priest at SummerSlam. That didn't happen either. I mean, Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio were off SummerSlam. Um, so there's a lot of talent that wasn't working SummerSlam. But I agree with you. The thing with Ricochet is I think that Ricochet has always kind of felt flat to me. Great in-ring performer, but that's where it kind of stops. 
Um, and I, again, has Gunther ever won a match? You know, you booked it. You said that, you know, Gunther wins by cheating at payback. And then we get the, you know, the rematch at fast lane. And then, you know, Gable goes over, which is fine by me. Gable is a hell of a worker. Um, but has Gunther ever won the, does the ring general cheat? No. All right. So then that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, so. he's, he's, he'll, he'll do it to his guys to help his guys win. But, you know, I guess he doesn't really want it done for him. Is, is the type of deal that he's got going on there. Right. I mean, they're not opposed to cheating. I mean, they're fucking heels. They're going to cheat. But, yeah, I could see I could see it being a little ridiculous if the ring general is going to go into this this thing and, you know, disrespect the ring and, and do all this other shit when, when it should be sacred. I mean, cheating is not really uh, lending himself to uh, living up to his credo, you know? No, and again, you know, last night started off hot with Cody, and that match kept, you know, Cody and then the other, you know, Judgment Day and... Um, Sammy and Seth, um, but then that match just kept it hot. And I think, you know, Gable, I knew it was, his, everyone knows it's his hometown majority did, but I mean, realistically, like he should have won, whether that was in Topeka, you know, yeah. I and mean, that's just the way they should have went. Um, and I will say that, you know, Gable and that LA Knight Miz segment were the two hottest things on Monday night raw. I guess we'll talk about that. I want to talk about Nakamura too. Cause that was, uh, yeah. that, yeah, was yeah. Uh, that was, that was an interesting situation and a turn of events there. We'll, we'll start with LA Knight. Um, they didn't give us any reason as to why. I don't know if they said something in the arena, uh, or off of TV, but they didn't give a reason as to why he was there, uh, being a SmackDown guy. So, uh, was doing a photo shoot. They didn't uh, show you yeah, that. Yeah, they showed they showed us that, but they didn't really uh, acknowledge why he was there. Right. You know, outside that, you know, draft rules be damned. I guess we don't really uh, care anymore. Um, but I have to call it out because it's uh, it is a little ridiculous. But L.A. Knight, I said this Drew on my post show last night. You know. There are gatekeepers in WWE, Lesnar being one of them. You know, when someone gets called up from NXT, it's usually one of three guys that WWE puts these these rookies in the ring with. One of them is The Miz, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler. You know, these are the gatekeepers for the main roster to get your feet wet before they move you to the next level or to test you to see if you're good enough. You know, The Miz segment last night was great. Don't get me wrong. But two things before I give you the floor to speak on this. One, I think it's kind of beneath that line, I because I don't think he should be in a gatekeeper type of feud with the Miz. He's 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 above that. You know, he's already been on the roster. He's already proved himself. He's over. He's selling merch. Crowd loves him. Yada yada yada. Secondly, you know, at the same time, I don't mind it because what else is there for him to do? Gunther and the IC title picture taken up. United States title, that's Santos Escobar for the taking on Friday night. He's not challenging Seth. He's not challenging Roman. What else is there left for him to do? This may be the best thing for him. Well, I'll say this. I disagree that LA Knight is above the Miz, um, and I your first statement was correct. There are some gatekeepers in WWE. When you are put into a feud with Mike the Miz Mizanin, you are looking at whether or not you can actually hang on the mic, which LA Knight obviously can, and he showed that, because the Miz will eviscerate you on that mic yeah. if you're not up to that standard. Miz can literally talk his way out of a paper bag, and he could sell you into any sort of match. So that's the perfect guy to see. Oh, this guy's you know great on the mic? Well, let's see it. And that's what WWE's doing. WWE did it with Cody. Cody, you, you're that main event guy? You're going to have three matches with Brock. Yeah. We'll see what happens. They did it. Um, I think this is a perfect feud for LA Knight. Maybe it goes two months. And then I truthfully think that LA Knight might be a contender for if Seth is still the champion. That would be something he's not going to win, but he can have that match and come so close and all this other stuff. 
again, like you said, the IC title is kind of uh, wrapped up for the next two months. Could they revisit that or could they go that direction with LA Knight and Gunther if Gunther's still the champion? I think it's more logical for Gable to take the championship off of Gunther and then lose it to LA Knight, but you never really know. We're going to have to see how this match and this feud, because they sold me in one night. They did. One night. I said LA that last Knight night, too. They sold it. These fucking yeah. guys sold me on a goddamn Miz feud with LA Knight. I believe that. And Miz has been cold. He's been dead on right. WWE TV. But like you said, he is great on the mic, and he could sell you anything. And, and he did that last night, so kudos to him. Him and LA Knight sold you on that match that will probably happen at Payback in one Raw. We didn't need three. We didn't need four. We needed yep. one. So good for them. Good for them. What, what about Shinsuke and the heel turn? I said earlier in the night, an age like fucking uh, spoiled milk. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, I prefer as a babyface. Now, we got him as a babyface until the swerve at the end of the night. He beat Bronson Reed. Crowd is singing along to, to his theme song. He had a decent match with, with Bronson Reed last night. Then he, he, he teams with Seth and Cody because Sammy goes down with that, that elbow injury. And we get them against the Judgment Day. And literally out of nowhere, we get a Kinshasa from Shinsuke to Seth Rollins. He leaves the ring kind of relishing in his work. Cody and Seth are like, what the fuck happened here? And that's the way Monday Night Rhino went off the air. Is the heel turn going to be effective for Shinsuke? And is this basically just Triple H or whoever's in charge here trying to get through payback without exhausting too many options because it is a B-level pay-per-view and they don't want to waste the big guns on Seth Rollins? Well, you know, I think you guys need to make up your minds because everyone's screaming for Shinsuke to have a meaningful program. He's going to be in the main event yep. of Payback. I mean, one of the main events, I should say. He's getting a world title shot against Seth Rollins. And truthfully, you never know what the WWE plan is. So two months with this, maybe a priest cash in, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just happy that Shinsuke is getting some new feuds and some main event level recognition because Shinsuke is obviously one of the most talented performers in WWE. I understand his mic work because of the language barrier has not improved drastically, but realistically, when you're going against Seth Rollins, Seth doesn't really need somebody to, to hold that mic with. I mean, Finn Balor's not great on the mic either. He has gotten a lot better. Um, and the backstage segment between those two, Seth and Finn were fantastic, but I will say this. I mean, I'm happy that Shinsuke's in this position and the heel turn for me works perfectly fine. Shinsuke works better as a heel. Um, I loved his NXT run. He was a face there for, a, I think, majority of that. But I, I, I like this. I like this for Seth. And I think you, there's some truth to what you're saying. They can't go to Seth and Cody because we, I mean. Well, they certainly no. teased it. I mean. Well, it's kind of like good friends, better enemies, yeah. right? So, I mean, I, I don't know. I We don't know. And we don't even know Cody's next, you know feud truthfully like it's under could it be drew mcintyre because drew wasn't on raw that could make some sense too if drew comes back and he's a heel maybe he interferes in a cody match and just beats the holy hell out of him who knows i don't know but i will say this i'm excited for the possibility of seth and shinsuke having just some great matches obviously the championship's not coming off seth unless it's a cash in um especially against shin so we'll have to wait and see that uh that bursa sack injury from Sami Zayn or for Sami Zayn not as serious as people are speculating that it is. Uh, I don't know how long he will be out, but I've seen some people today saying that KO and Sami Zayn uh, could drop the tag team titles. I don't think I don't think that should be even an option at this point. What do you say about that? Uh, no, I think those tag team championships need to stay on stay on KO and Sami until uh, until they're both healthy. The Bursa sack. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay it, but he could work through it. He being Sami, and mm. when KO is good to go. You want to drop those tag team championships to Imperium, Judgment Day, 
whomever. Let's just, if that's what needs to happen so that they can get some time off, fine. I'm with it. We'll shift gears to AEW, man. We can't leave out All Elite Wrestling. There's uh, a couple of things that happened on Dynamite and Collision this week. We'll start with Dynamite. I know uh, I was very vocal about Mr. Rob Van Dam joining AEW, and I was slightly concerned that this match may actually take place at All In. And like the vocal asshole that I am on social media, I got myself into... uh, a little bit of uh, a back and forth with some uh, reputable people. I, I will tell uh, Drew off camera uh, about uh, RVD and his uh, inclusion in All In. Uh, I'm glad that it's not happening at All In, bro. It didn't really speak to me as an All In match, but we're getting it on Dynamite this week, and I think that is what's best for this. What do you think about RVD joining AEW? Is it something that you're looking forward to as a one-off? Hopefully it's a one-off. And what do you see Jack Perry doing at All In, bro? Because I did mention Hook. I do think that Hook and Jack Perry should be in front of 80,000 if they want to continue the feud. And they deserve that moment because they've been there all year and they've been in there for four years. So what I think is eventually going to happen um, at All In is Jack Perry and Hook. I think Taz is in Hook's corner. Yeah. Uh, Because that's like the EC. I mean, when you think of ECW, there's only a couple people you really think of, in my opinion. RVD, Taz, Jerry Lynn. You know, Tommy Dreamer, the Dudleys, and mm-hmm. we could, you know, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, I'm, people are going to be like, just incredible. And, Sandman. And, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, but I think you're going to see a heavy ECW influence at All In where they're not wrestling. Yeah. RVD is really the last guy. I mean, you could have Dreamer on, a on, you know, two weeks from now. Uh, you can have Bully Ray two weeks from now. But RVD is really the only one that I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, this is cool, works. Uh, the ECW legend infatuation over to AEW, just like with the WWE was doing it with the NWO and stuff like that. I know the NWO drew a ton of money and still does, but for me, it was like, all right, like we got it. Let's move on from it. And I think, truthfully, AEW needs to move away from the ECW legends. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Tony Khan's uh, fandom getting in the way there. I, listen, we all love ECW as a, as a part of all of our childhoods. Oh, I, no I, doubt about it. I love ECW. I don't want to see it on TV in 2023. RVD, listen, he could still go. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the ring with Jack Perry. Jack Perry is very good. So I'm glad that it's not happening at all in. Uh, do we retire the FTW title at all in? Because I, I do think that's where they're going. I think that either Hook wins it, gives it to his father, and Taz retires it, or yeah, right there. You know, that's that's, that's, that's that's basically it. That's it. You, yeah. The only way to do this is if you're if you're rebringing, you know, if you're reintroducing all these ECW legends and giving them the airtime, and now yeah. Jack Perry's actually having matches with them because it made sense. Hook can't have the matches with these guys because they're all on Hook's side, right? Yeah. So that's the way to go. Hand the, the championship back to your father. Have a feel-good moment, his father being Taz, and let Taz take the FTW championship back to where it belongs. That's what I would do. Adam Cole and MJF official for all in. We got uh, the two. That's a best. home run. That, that's absolutely. That's a grand slam. That's my home run. Uh, Adam Cole, MJF official for all in. Uh, the contract was signed by Adam Cole, but a lot of people drew making uh, the contract out to be a pivotal point in this in this little uh, one-on-one here. Did Adam Cole read the contract? Is this match going to even be a title match when the final bell rings? At the end of all in, I don't, I don't know, man. You know, knowing MJF, he may pull the wool over Adam Cole's face and say, "Ha ha ha! You signed the contract, but it wasn't a title match." So, shit on you. 
Well, I mean, maybe there's a stipulation in there that Adam Cole doesn't know of. Maybe MJF gets an automatic rematch if he loses or something. But for them to go very convoluted, they being AEW, and make it like, oh, well, it's not a title match, is a giant miss and something they should yeah. stay away from, in my opinion. They have hit two home runs with this all-in card, one of them being this match and the other one being FTR taking on the Bucks. It seems like that's where we're headed. The Samoa Joe CM Punk match is a miss. A big one. Really? You you think it's, it's I, I mean, I, I heard, I was watching I Summers, I was watching SummerSlam and I seen a lot of people like kind of, you know, clipping Collision and Samoa Joe's promo and the amount of people that said that same thing, Drew, was like, really? A lot of people are not up on this match for All In. You'd think that would be the opposite, but why is it a miss to you? Okay, listen, I saw their matches in Ring of Honor. I attended some of them when they were, you know, uh, in the tri-state area. Again, we saw the match on Collision. They're doing FTR in the Bucks. How fucking stupid is it to not have Punk and Omega yeah. in front of 80,000 people? Yeah. Whether that six-man happens or not, that's we talked about this at nauseum. That's three home runs yeah. for AEW. Three. The rest of the card, who gives a shit? Really, who <laughs> gives a shit? Those three matches, with the inclusion of Osprey and all this other stuff, fine. Those three matches are it. And they got two. Fuck the Samoa Joe CM Punk match. With all due respect to both those guys. Well, I, I mean, they got they must have something lined up great for Kenny Omega if he's not wrestling CM Punk. I mean, you know, these same people in this chat were the same people bitching all over social media <laughs> about how that Punk and Joe match sucked on collision. They want to see it again. Make up your fucking minds. Listen, at, at least he made it make sense. You know, Samoa Joe's like, I don't want it to end on a roll-up. You know, that, that's, that's not what we deserve. Fine. You know, so do it all out. Do it all no. out. Do it in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, that's fine. That's you know? fine. I want to be in your hometown. But, uh, you know, listen, part of me wants to, wants to agree with you, and, and part of me actually looks at Punk and Samoa Joe and what that feud probably means to them. To do it in front of 80,000 people, it's got it's got to mean the world to those guys. I mean, it's how long it's been going on, 20 fucking years with these guys? I mean. Yeah, and I get it. And maybe this is like them, you know, AW and Tony Khan, like, all right, punk, this is what you want. We'll give it to you. Yeah. But there's no chance in hell. Sorry. I know everyone's going to be like, he's a Vince guy, WWE guy. I saw one of these idiots in the, in the chat uh, or the comments. So, and he was just like, I can't believe Drew admitted he's a WWE shareholder. Uh, yeah, it's a publicly traded company and I like to make money. So <laughs> it's not like I, it's not like I write for WWE. Shit, man. I wish I was on that boat. I wish I, I was a shareholder. I bought, I bought a, I won't tell you how many shares, but I bought it at like 28 bucks. It's not 110. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a shareholder multiple times over moron. Oh, but I will man. say, I will say this, the CM Punk, like if it's, if they're, you know, catering to him because, you know, CM Punk wants to take on Joe and it's for the real world championship. Okay, but I'm telling you, the Kenny Omega CM Punk match, if they're doing the Bucks and FTR, is where you need to go. I don't know. Tony Khan, I don't know. What are you doing, bro? What are we doing here? I already sold 80,000, so whatever. Yeah, they sold 80,000. They, I mean, I, hopefully they, they round out the rest of the card uh, with some great matches, and I'm just glad that they announced something on Dynamite that continued on Collision. And uh, I did not catch up on Collision yet. I don't know if you did. Ricky Starks and CM Punk, a lot of people said it was a decent main event. And Collision was a great show, even though the ratings did not uh, show that as the competition was heavy on Saturday night with SummerSlam, well, we boxing, UFC. That. You know. know, We all expected that. I saw that, too. Like, everyone's like, oh, but uh, Collision's in the mud. It's like, no, dude, they just they went up against SummerSlam and a Jake Paul fight. Yeah. What are people going to watch? 
they're, not, they're gonna watch CM Punk versus Ricky Starks with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat as a special guest referee. They might have had those other two things, even if all right. So SummerSlam's not on. They probably they probably do seven, eight, maybe even nine. They yeah. being AW. Yeah. I mean, you guys got to stop with this, and then everyone's like, "Oh well, wait till college football starts. It's gonna be the same thing." It's not the same audience. It's not. The, the people who watch college football like myself and the NFLs are not, it's not the same audience that watches professional wrestling. They're not, the college football numbers are not going to crush AEW collision. I'm sorry. They're not. And who gives a shit? If you want to watch college football, watch college football. There's something that exists right. called DVR. You go back and watch it. Then yeah. if you, then if you say, if Meltzer says, well, you got to factor in the DVR numbers, blah, blah, blah. The number is really this. And people are going to be like, I'll oh, stop making excuses. You're a shill. You're on the payroll. I mean, who gives a fuck? You enjoy the show. You enjoy the show. You want to know what you do? You get some money. You save it just like I did. <laughs> you buy three TVs and you can watch whatever the fuck you want oh, at multiple man. times. Have one on mute. But I mean, football season here in this house, boy, you don't see me from about 11 o'clock in the morning till about eight o'clock at night. My family is like, where's, where's dad? And I'm like, downstairs watching three games right, at once. That's right. what I'm doing. Listen, I, I don't, uh, I don't doubt you there. I don't doubt you there at all, man. Listen, man, we all need our escapes, you know, that's yours. So what? Uh, Listen, there's a bar downstairs with three televisions on the wall and that's what we do. There you go. Guys, that's all we got for you as far as the news right here on episode number eight of TNT. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the discussion. We're going to get into the Super Chats. Seems like a quick night, and then we get the hell out of here, man. I want to make myself a drink, I think. There you go. A little uh, old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, make sure you guys follow us on social media. At JD from NY206. You guys can follow Drew at Andrew Baydala on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We had 1,700 people in here. Love to see it on a Tuesday night. Thank you guys very much. Uh, hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. And make sure you guys get those super chats in. As always, this last call here. And we're going to get into them right now and then call it a night. I want to shout out Javier Hatch with the new membership. Joey Avalone with a 10-month membership. He says two months away from being a member for a year. OTS for life. Thank you, Joey. Appreciate that. Michelle with a $2 super chat. Do you feel like the Bloodline Saga has hit a wall? Um, I don't. You want to know why, Michelle? Because we talked about it earlier. I, I don't sit here and doubt Paul Heyman. You know Paul Heyman's a mastermind, and he's guiding this the best way that he can. This is the one storyline, truthfully, in WWE besides Cody, so there's two, that we need to see and let it continue to play out. If they... If it sucks over the past, you know, two months, I'll give it 60 days. If it sucks, then me and JD be the first people yeah. to be like, this shit needs to end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cameron Battle with a 499. All I see on social media is people saying Triple H should get fired and NXT black and gold is trash and AEW is way better. It's not a competition once again. I don't know where you are yeah, reading your social media or where you're getting your social media from, Cameron, but uh, uh, people who don't like Triple H clearly did not watch the black and gold otherwise those uh those words would not be said and it's 100 percent a competition it is and aew is basically doing what triple h did with nxt black and gold so i mean it's it's uh definitely a uh influence for sure yeah edward with a 499 bloodline reuniting one day could they all reunite as singles champs roman undisputed solo world jimmy J, united states and intercontinental Great job with TNT, guys. Uh, listen, you know, it could be that they all end up back together. I don't think that they're going that way, but who knows? You know? I think it's very possible. I mean, you know, according to Heyman and Roman, we're in the bottom of the third. 
Yeah, I don't know where he got that analogy from because I know Roman, for a fact, said that at WrestleMania or someone there in, in the camp said, you know, listen, we're in the bottom of the third inning. We're just getting started here. But bottom of the third inning means that we got six more innings to go. I mean, how long, how long is this thing going to go? Another fucking three years? I guess we'll I find out. That's a little bit too long for me. But, uh, again, you know, WrestleMania 40 is a solid end destination for sure for all the bloodline. Paul David with the 20. Top of the third. Yankees three, White Sox zero. Thank you for the update. Uh, we're not Yankees fans here. Also, Super Bowl 58 halftime show prediction. Eminem and Aerosmith. Yeah, no shot. Uh, that's quite the uh, that's quite the prediction there, bro. I mean, so you knows? guys, I, a lot of people don't know this, but um, you have to pay now to be on the Super Bowl halftime show. Really? So the NFL used to ask people, but now it's you got to pay for it. And I think this year's in Vegas. So I don't know. Eminem would, you know, if they were in Detroit, maybe. Wasn't Eminem a part of a halftime show not too long ago with Dr. Dre? That was a great yeah, halftime show. It was in California. Yeah. yeah. That was at SoFi. You know, I know they had Kid Rock, but Eminem would have been a nice touch for SummerSlam, too. Yeah. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. I read somewhere that WWE has 41 women on their roster, but only use five. I, uh, that uh, actually sounds like it's pretty spot on, Hollywood guy. I mean, hopefully WWE will be using more. Um, SmackDown's got a great women's division if they really want to utilize all those women. Uh, but you don't see half of them. And you only well, that, see- triple, that triple threat match at SummerSlam got 21 minutes, guys. Stop. That was the second longest match next to uh, Tribal Combat. It was pretty quiet there, though. I I did mean, fo- it did follow Seth and Finn, though, I will say. Right. I mean, 20 minutes for those three ladies was perfect. And I, yeah, all right. Uh, Billy Sizane with a $5 Super Chat. J- JD or Drew, do we see Soraya versus Mercedes Monet at All In? I don't know if Mercedes is going to be ready for All In. I don't know. I mean, do you really want to see that match? Do I want Mercedes in AEW after what we heard? I don't know. What did you hear? <laughs> we, won't talk, we won't talk about it. <laughs> Eugene Morgan with a $10 Super Chat. JD, I know you're a music lover much like myself. Thanks for all the bangers you've been introducing me to. I bought Echo by Cole Rowland. It's on my playlist. Been having uh, been having sex with the replay <laughs> with the replay button. Hey now, <laughs> thank you, Eugene. I appreciate it. Listen, uh, guys, I don't know if you if, listen. I know half of you are not into the type of music that I'm into, man. I like a little bit more of a progressive style. I swear to God, man, go look up the band Nuclear Power Trio on YouTube. Thank me later. Seriously, thank me later. I mean, this is this is some funky ass shit. If you're a bass player and you like bass and guitar, lead guitar, man, I'm telling you, go look it up, man. They're fucking a good uh, Christian rock band named Nuclear. Really? <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking about your band. Like I'm fucking. Around. Oh no, no, I, this band. is this is some wacky shit, man. It's it's a, it's some great stuff though. So go check it out. Uh, LJ with a four nine nine. Do you think it will eventually be a fatal four four way between Roman Solo, Jimmy, and Jay? Yes, I think so, LJ. At Survivor Series, but Drew thinks it could be t- Team J versus Team Jimmy at War Games, which I also wouldn't mind either. I have a sneaky suspicion that WWE is going to do uh, Seth versus Roman, champion versus champion. I think I think they will. If Roman's going to work Survivor Series, which I believe he will. Now, if they want to go, they've already done the bloodline, you know, the, the Roman in the War Games. I, I, think they, I don't think they put him in War Games again, truthfully. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, he did get hurt, quote-unquote, so I don't know why they want to risk him again. They need to keep him on that WrestleMania path injury-free. I, I think the... Oh, God. 
this is going to cause some shit, but I'll say this. I think that the injury, quote unquote, I, I don't think it's real. You're not the first person I heard that from today. I don't think no. it's real. I think it's just a way for them to escape being like, hey, why isn't Roman on payback or fast lane? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being the case. Uh, Eugene, thank you so much for the 10, brother. Jason Barker with the 12 months. One year in the venue. I look forward to seeing Tuesday Night Titans every week, and I got to give it to my man, Jesse Chi-Town Smark, on Wednesdays. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Jesse and I will be live on Wednesday, man, tomorrow night. And Three Kings with a 199. Hey, JD, do you still have a playlist on Spotify? Yes, I do. It is all there. Uh, my good shit playlist, over a 1,000 songs. You guys can... Uh, Check that out on Spotify for sure. Always adding on stuff. Spotify? To yeah. What's it called? Good shit. Good shit. Yeah, right. you could just look me up by JD from NY. It's there. All right. I want to see this because I, I feel like we have almost the same type of uh, musical taste here. All right. Anyway, man, that's uh, that's everything we got, bro. Any uh, any closing words before I... Uh, actually, we got one more Super Chat. Alex from Phoenix, oh. 499. I think the baseball analogies are sarcastic, kayfabe, heel bullshit. Maybe. But Heyman, Heyman likes to play his audience, so I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. But bottom of the third, I think that's a little too uh, early in the game. If we're in the if we're in the bottom of the third, I think we re- I think we need a relief pitcher <laughs> early on. I don't know. Yeah, Heyman. I mean, listen, I don't hate it. I don't yeah. hate it. I, I I think again, I think like you said, Paul Heyman likes to mess with people. Yeah. Uh anyway, uh, Will Chisholm with a new membership. Thank you, Will. Love you guys. Thank you for all the support. Drew, any uh, any parting words before we get the hell out of here? Uh, no. I mean, I, you know, I, again, let's just continue to enjoy uh, the entertainment that's provided from both brands. And it gives us something to talk about. And I love coming here and debating with JD and, and agreeing at times and disagreeing at times. That's what a good debate is. And I also love the interaction with everybody in the chat, even though I give you guys a lot of shit. So thank you. There you go, guys. Action packed show tonight. Hour and a half in and out. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Really appreciate everybody's support. Follow us on social media, like I said, at JD from NY206, at Andrew Bedala on Twitter. Drew tweets not as regularly as I do, but he's always giving his opinion either the night of or the day after, so you guys can check him out there as well. And Jesse and I will be live tomorrow night with AEW Dynamite, man, as we are now approaching two weeks before... The historic all-in at Wembley. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you next week for episode number nine right here on TNT.